Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, managing editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the weekly debrief, as always, by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how is it going? Uh, good. I'm here. It's been a fun week. Been some interesting stuff we've been up to, and busy, busy. So we always seem to keep ourselves busy. Yep. Let's dive right in then. Well, uh, since it is Friday and we're busy and there's lots to do, we'll start with our insider story spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of these stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders in the past week. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible, allows us to do what we do. If you're not an insider, consider subscribing for the equivalent of $9 a month. You will get access to all of our stories on our website, biztimes.com, plus discounted admission to some of our events and other insider benefits. So please do consider that. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? There's been a run of really big, in terms of dollar figures, commercial real estate sales in the region recently. And uh, and one we just reported on was... Um, the Roundy's Distribution Center in Oconomowoc being sold for $120 million, just, just a massive price tag. Um, it's over in the Pabst Farms development, sold by an Illinois firm. You know, Peter Bell was like the original Pabst Farms developer, and there's a firm in Illinois with a lot of Bell family members involved with it that sold this building to a cold storage real estate company in Florida. It's a 1.1 million square foot building. Um, Roundy's still uses it. Roundy's isn't really changing any of their plans there. It's just a new landlord for them. They got 800 employees there, but that's a that's a that's a really significant from a, from a dollars point of view transaction for southeastern Wisconsin. It's clearly one of the bigger real estate sales of the year in the in the region. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think we've seen a lot of it seems. Kind of interest from out of state um, in industrial properties, yeah. in and across southeastern Wisconsin. I think Wisp, um, Wisp Park sold off a number of the the properties in the um, Lakeview uh, corporate park down in Kenosha earlier this year. We've seen some other deals, so certainly interesting things. Um, quick plug: We'll have a, a podcast in the coming weeks uh, with Jeff Hoffman, uh, industrial real estate broker who was previously on the podcast back in spring of 2019 or 2021, he was on talking about industrial real estate. Um, and we get into some of that as well. So look for that in the coming weeks. Um, my insider story spotlight this week is uh, on the cover story of our October 10th issue of biz times Milwaukee. It was the manufacturing issue. So we've got lots of manufacturing coverage throughout it. And I wrote the cover story on um, what, Jim Kazmarek and Capco Metal Stamping are up to. Um, we've talked about some of Jim's other work on the podcast previously with the, the Iron District in downtown and and some of that work and, and what that could all mean. Um, this story, I wanted to kind of get at the kind of the company that's behind that and many of the other things that that Jim does in the community. I wanted to kind of dig into to Capco and what makes it tick. And it just so happens Jim is working on kind of a a new vision for kind of how a company can go about developing its people. He's starting what's going to be called the Casmeric Center for Human Performance. And it's 
kind of focused on helping people truly flourish. So it's, it goes beyond training and development of, of specific skills that you would need in the workplace, which I think is where a lot of, you know, manufacturing companies would focus their, their efforts, right? We need to train people on how to safely operate uh, a stamping press. We need to train them, train them to safely operate a CNC machine, um, which certainly that's part of what they're doing, but they're also trying to help people kind of develop new skills and develop new uh, ways of navigating through life, things like that. They're talking about you know, even down to classes that might help people um, whose children have experienced trauma and how can they offer services to, to help that. And it's just kind of a different mindset around uh, his workforce um, in a manufacturing setting and kind of I mean, even said in our interview, you know, if someone wants to, they need to come work for us for six months while they, you know, save up money to pursue a different career path that they want. Great. We'll have them for six months. We'll help them the best we can in that period and then wish them well as they they pursue what they want to pursue. Um, just a different headset around kind of workforce development that I thought was really interesting um, talking to him. Yeah, it's like taking it to the next level. Um, you know, and it's it, it, it's visionary, quite quite frankly, at, at a time when we keep talking about the challenges in, in, with the tight labor labor market and and what companies are trying to do to address that. This is really taking it to the next level to really you know. There's a lot of talk about how important your people are to your company. Here's a company that's trying to to do more more than many more, more than few are few are taking a step like this to really develop and care for their their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, the Casmeric Center for Human Performance, the physical building for it up in Grafton, will be I think opening up here in the next week or two. And then actually, um, Jim and Gretchen Jameson, who is kind of heads up that part of the business for Casmeric Enterprises, will be speaking at our Nonprofit Excellence Awards. We'll have a Q&A with them um, because while there's the Capco and Casmeric Enterprises, you know, uh, employee development portion of this, they're also going to have kind of a an element of trying to take some of these um, services and and make sure that people who otherwise wouldn't have access to them um, can have access to them. And uh, I think Jim has done a lot in the the nonprofit and philanthropic world previously. Um, and this is his effort to kind of take that to another level as well. So if you're interested in hearing more, please do consider attending that event. Uh, you can learn more on our website, uh, biztimes.com slash annual dash events. Look for the nonprofit excellence awards. We will switch gears then to our big story of the week, which um, we are going to be talking about the plans for a new casino um, down in Kenosha, which I think this is something we've talked about previously on the podcast. But the news this week um, was a new poll released by uh, the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin, um, which is the group, the tribe proposing this new casino down in Kenosha. Um, so keep that in mind as we talk about these results. Um, but they had uh, Virginia-based Terrence Group um, do a survey, 600 area residents in late September 
Half of those are in Kenosha County. The other half were in Racine, Waukesha, and Milwaukee counties. Um, out of that 600 respondents, 60% were in favor of the project and 16% were opposed. Um, so at least some initial support there, but also a good chunk of people who haven't made up their minds. Um, this uh, Kenosha project, um, well, Andrew, maybe you can, can fill us in a little bit on, on what exactly are they proposing here um, for the Kenosha Casino? Well, it's it's a smaller version of what was proposed and previously and shot down by Governor Walker in 2015. You know, it's you know, it's it's the Menominee tribe partnering with Hard Rock International. Hard Rock International is, you know, a hotel restaurant casino company owned by the Seminole tribe of Florida. And so, you know, you're talking about a casino, hotel, restaurant uh, complex that, you know, originally when these partners proposed this, the previous one, um, it was for the old Dairyland Greyhound Park site, the the, the Kenosha Dog Track site. Um, That, after getting shot down, now there's like an industrial park getting developed there, basically, um, so now you have a smaller, that was an $800 million development plan back then included like an entertainment venue and retail space and stuff. So this is, you know, a, a similar, but smaller version of that project. And it's pitched for, it's again, pitched for Kenosha, but it's a different site. It's a site along, uh, along I-94 on the West side of I-94. Yeah, certainly. So then now we're we're back to the the approval process, um, kind of restarting things. Then Kenosha's got some approvals to do on it. There's you know a federal approval process, and then ultimately the governor would have to sign off on it. I think. Um, so what's your thought here, Andrew? I mean, we we were close to having it approved. It was down to Governor Walker's decision. Back in what is it, 2015? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, should we? Is this a a good use of the the space and and um, thing we should we should develop in Kenosha County? Or what are, what are your thoughts here? I, I, I think we should. Yes, um, I think you know you look at these poll results. That's sort of the kind of impetus for our conversation here. You know, and you got to take it with a very sizable grain of salt obviously with the Menominee tribe hiring a firm to do the poll I mean it's not too surprising the poll comes out the way they want it to come out and then they're the ones that come out and announce it so it's like okay but you know I think there's always been pretty good support for this even the the original project so it's not exactly surprising um you know I I think Governor Walker expressed concerns um, in 2015 that allowing a casino, another casino in southeastern Wisconsin, would violate the state's deal with the Potawatomi and in, in with their Milwaukee operations. So, you know, I, I I don't know about that. There was a lot of dispute and argument about that, but I mean. What was clear was that there was going to be a lot of competition coming just across the state line. So if we 
didn't allow a project to get built in Kenosha, Illinois was going to build, was going to see several casinos built, and we're seeing several in the Chicago area, including Waukegan, just south of Kenosha, including Rockford, also just south of the state line. So, you know, I think it was a questionable move to just think we could deny this, you know, one tribe getting denied to do something that other tribes are able to do in southern Wisconsin and then think, you know, we're, if, if that's being done to protect Potawatomi or to give Potawatomi exclusive, uh, you know, kind of the monopoly in southeastern Wisconsin, well, there's going to be competition cropping up just across the state line, not far from Kenosha. So what have you really protected? Um, yeah. You know, it seemed like, and then there was also just the fact that at the time Walker was either running for president or thinking about running for president, and there were potential campaign contributors that were opposed to this that seemed to have a factor in the decision as well. So uh, whether he wanted to admit that or not, that, you know, that that seemed to be an issue. So, um, so you know, it's it's such a lengthy process. It took forever to get the original plans approved through the federal government. And then it finally comes to the governor and then the governor shoots it down. And now here we are seven years later trying to revi- revitalize or revise a uh, similar project in, in, in pretty much the same area. Um, so, you know, you know, and I think they're hoping for a shorter approval process. Uh, clearly they're, they're thinking they can get it approved by the federal government faster this time around because it's kind of it's so similar to what was already approved there and hoping hoping that evers or whoever's governor will approve it this time um but the landscape has changed in seven years so Mm -hmm. it also raises questions on whether or not this is a good idea yeah i mean from a i think that from that competition perspective Right, I think it's similar to the conversation we've had in recent weeks around the uh, music venues in downtown Milwaukee, right? Yeah. More competition, you know, isn't the the worst thing. Now, if there's a contract provision that says it's a little different and that if Potawatomi has it and they're compact, that they have some exclusivity and, and things like that, okay, that's something to consider. Um, but I think generally people would think more competition, not a bad thing. I guess where I'm questioning it is if the market is just almost too saturated and the, the the landscape around gambling has changed so much since 2015 when this was originally kind of under consideration. Um, I mean, just we mentioned Waukegan. I mean, there's a number of casinos in the works in Illinois. Um, I guess the, the, the full disclosure part of this is that I, live in, in the Chicagoland suburbs and, and, uh, work remote and, and commute to, um, the office on a, on a fairly regular basis. But, you know, for, I think part of the thought would be that this casino could attract people from Illinois to come up, um, to Kenosha to gamble. Well, if there's a casino in Waukegan, there's one in Chicago and there's one near O'Hare and there's one in Aurora and there's, you know, one in Rockford, well, how many people are going to come over the border? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, that in Illinois, we've got online sports wagering, you know, that I can do from my couch on my phone 
watching, you know, a game on a football game on Sunday, um, I can put a bet in, you know, with a few taps of my thumb, um, you know, my maybe need to come to a casino to, to, to scratch that itch is, is diminished in a lot of ways. And we've got slot machines everywhere, uh, gas stations, restaurants, you name it, bars, all that. Um, and not, th- not that there aren't, uh, for entertainment purposes only, <clears throat> uh, slot machines in <laughs> bars in Wisconsin, but, uh, it's more ubiquitous down here for sure. Um, so, you know, I just wonder, uh, I'm, I'm on board with the idea that competition should be allowed. I wonder about the potential for success. Yeah. And I mean, the whole, the competition thing is just, First of all, it's it's such a different business because not anyone can just open a casino in Wisconsin. Uh, it's basically something that only the the tribes are allowed to do through their compacts with the state. So that's why you get these special deals that are arranged. Um, and then the lengthy approval process that needs to be done via the federal government and then state, the, the governor. So it's, 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 it looks nothing like a normal uh you know free market activity but still you know these questions come up when well why is one casino over here okay and then not another one okay you know it's it, it raises all these questions but then you know what you're saying is even if you allow it what where where does the marketplace stand with this and the sports gambling thing is a really interesting angle when you compare what Illinois is doing to Wisconsin. We are seeing Wisconsin working out deals now with uh, tribes and, and and for their gambling operations to allow sports gambling. That's a new thing in Wisconsin that's just starting to happen. There was a, a deal announced earlier this year that the pot of water would be able to do that. And that that's, you know, and they're making, they're expanding the Milwaukee. They had big expansion plans announced earlier this year for the Milwaukee casino. And that that's, there will be some kind of sports gambling component brought into that. But it's interesting that the state is taking that kind of per facility, per operation approach, per tribe approach, basically, instead of like Illinois, where it's just, you can go online and do it whenever. Yeah, it's a it's a you know a significant difference and probably um, a much different you know way about in which people are going to utilize it, right? I mean, if I can only bet in the sports book at Potawatomi or at Oneida or at if this Kenosha Casino were built, well, you know, then I'm going to do it on you know occasion driven things probably that would would bring me into the casino, um, which you can see why you know the casinos might want it done that way, right? They can, sure. they can get me in the door and, and I'll, you know, maybe I'll go place a, a bet on a Packer game and, and then I'll stick around and, and have a few drinks at the bar and, and maybe eat something and maybe I'll play some, you know, slot machines or table games or who knows, but that's going to be for me, at least it'd be much more like occasion driven, you know, we're um, planning a trip, you know, to Milwaukee and we're going to, um, you know, stay at Potawatomi. Maybe I'm not going to just pop in for, 
you know, oh, I want to place a five dollar, twenty dollar bet, or who knows how much on on the game, and and you know, just kind of a, a quick quick thing. Right. It's more, it's driven yeah. around occasions, you know, bachelor parties, birthdays, some kind of celebration, um, that kind of thing. Versus um, down in Illinois, I mean, I'll have a few bets on on games this Sunday, um, and you know, give me a little <laughs> a rooting interest beyond my fantasy football team. Sometimes in conflict with my fantasy football team, but you know, that way I win either way. Right. Um, but uh, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see you know, how the approval process plays out. Um, I think the other interesting thing is that you have currently mentioned that the, the poll at the start of this, and we said, you know, okay, grain of salt, but it's 60% support, 16 opposed, which mm-hmm. leaves a sizable gap that uh, hasn't made up their mind yet. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if any, you know, a strong opposition emerges, um, what that does um, to support um, for the project. Yeah. And and how that might play out uh, politically, either locally or statewide or whatever. So it bears, it bears watching. That's, that's for sure. It certainly does. Unlike the Thursday night football game, which uh, decidedly did not bear watching uh, this week, but that's a whole other story. Uh or my friends down here in Illinois, um, that will continue watching the Kenosha Casino Project as it as it plays out. But that'll do it for this week on the Biz Times MKE Podcast and the Weekly Debrief. Andrew, thanks for joining me as always. This is Dan Meyer with Biz Times Media. You've been listening to the Biz Times MKE Podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, Biz Times Milwaukee.